Thank you once again for uh, listening to Subspace Journey. My name is Chris. And I'm Ashley. And today we're going to be talking about board games. Uh, These are games that don't have DLC, or at least the ones that don't have apps integrated with them. And uh, we're just going to talk about some of our favorite board games, how we got into board gaming and board gaming related stuff. And we may do another part of our uh, charcuterie conversation of a probably like a board gaming charcuterie uh, if we uh, feel feel up to it. We might as well just we might we might as well just do a charcuterie podcast at this point. <laughs> Add it to the list. Yeah. Uh, so I want to start with uh, Ashley. What what's your I guess your background, your history as far as board gaming goes? I mean, when when did you start? I guess discovering you like them. You know what you know, who or what got you interested? I, I'm, I, I'm very curious as to hear what your history is with board games. Um, I think that my biggest introduction, um, I had a lot of goes back to me having two older brothers and then their interests becoming mine. But um, like, I would see the commercials in the 90s on television of like, the, you know, the latest must have board game. And would always want them and then like get them for Christmas. And it's like my brothers would want me to play their board games, but not want to play mine. But the biggest event that I think led me to being interested in board games was when I was in third grade and I had a student teacher and she introduced me to Clue. Oh. And um, I feel like that was like, because I was in a classroom setting and could play with other kids and um I think that was what really jump-started me realizing it could be fun when I had other people to play it with. Was it that... Because you you mentioned that there were games that your brothers had, and I guess there were games that you were interested in. Did they not have an interest in your games, or what was that that relationship? Um, I think, yeah, but I think that they also were just more interested in general video games, and I just kind of like games in general. (laughs) So, but, like, I was one of those people that got, like, super stressed out about games like Sorry and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, I I can see that. Um, But, uh, like, definitely games like Sorry and stuff like that that were kind of, like, I guess... I don't know, high risk game board games. I never really got into, but like they, they would occasionally, my brothers would occasionally like be interested in playing board games with me. But, um, you know, that wasn't as cool <laughs> as video games. So their interest in it was very minimal. But mm-hmm. um, when I had the student teacher in third grade, she was very much like, still at the stage in her teaching career where she's like I'm gonna make learning fun (laughs) so she would have like just really fun days where she would take things and that weren't normally in like a classroom setting and somehow apply them to learning and she brought her box of the game Clue over 
and um from there like I don't know I just really <laughs> maybe maybe it was just the weird part of like me being a kid and already being into like horror games and stuff like that I'm like yeah let's find out how this person got murdered <laughs> yeah this which is perfect for someone in elementary school yeah and I mean in her defense though I think the box that our age group was fine <laughs> Well, the box said it was okay, so yeah, let's figure out if he got wasted by a gun. Yeah, and I I think that uh, I always like to hear what per, like people's go to character to play as is because a lot of people have like strong feelings about who they want to play as and Clue. Like I was always Miss Scarlet without fail, without fail. Like I, I didn't want to be anyone else. I may settle for Miss Peacock on an off day if I had to. <laughs> But otherwise, like, I was determined to be Miss Scarlet. <laughs> There's your Halloween costume right there. <laughs> All my answers solved. Oh, <laughs> uh, what about you? Do you have a go-to character you would play as in Clue? So, it's been, I want to say maybe 30 plus years since I've actually sat down and played Clue, I would have to actually look up the Wikipedia article to figure out who is in it. But if I remember, if I go back to my childhood databank, maybe Colonel Mustard? That's right. Yeah, he was a character. Yeah. I mean, because the only other... The only other way I would be able to remember the characters was to would be to think of the live action Clue movie. <laughs> oh yikes! <laughs> hey, it was a good movie. I didn't like it, but I think it was because um, it was a little campier than what I imagined in my head playing the board game. Um, but like I said. <laughs> was a weird kid so maybe it was supposed to be i think it was supposed to be a campy movie i mean you are making a movie off a board game yeah yeah there's not been so much you could do with that yeah no if you want you want bad uh and i know that this is normally a a positive podcast but if, if if you want something hilariously funny uh take the time to watch uh battleship because it is it is based off the battleship board game. Um, okay. <laughs> I have to check that out. I'm not sure how they would make that work. Well, they don't. <laughs> and <laughs> and and what it is is that you they're like, okay, let's make a movie about battleship. And let's use inspiration from the movie Pearl Harbor. And, you know, I'm not a huge Michael Bay fan, uh, but he does what he, he didn't make one of my favorite movies of all time, which I'll share in a little bit. Uh, but they try to emulate a lot of the types of shots that he would use in his movie and mm-hmm. it doesn't work. OK, I can see that happening. Yeah. Uh, and there's aliens in it for some reason because why not (laughs) well yeah it's i mean they they 
all I would want is like, you know, really huge 3D model, you know, get industrial light and magic to make giant pegs and just put that in the movie. I, that, I would have been totally up for that. I think in talking about, sorry, I, I think there's, I, I, I kind of have a, ideas to where you're going coming from as far as the the type of game that you probably didn't like because it has a mechanism that i don't particularly care for Mm -hmm. it's like um what was there was another one that was like i don't remember what it was called but it was timed and that just i'm pretty sure that's why i developed anxiety later in life was games like that (laughs) was it one where you had to put puzzle pieces into like a plastic tray Yes, that one was my nightmare. Like perfection. That is the reason. Yes, that is the reason I have anxiety because like I would get so stressed out. Perfection is the reason why you have anxiety. There was a Twitter uh, response that I had that I saw for perfection, where I think it was either baby boomers or someone that was complaining about Generation X that weren't able to concentrate on things and were constantly stressed out. And we blamed it mm-hmm. on the game perfection because you were timed to be perfect in a minute. <laughs> yeah. And you kind of wonder why we all have anxiety. That and like operation where it's like you're literally supposed to be like basically perform- performing an operation on someone. And it's like if you mess up, the person dies and then you get like zapped and no, it doesn't hurt you, but it hurts your feelings. <laughs> I wonder how many people play who played operation actually became actual operation room doctors they're like i am inspired to become a operation room doctor after playing this board game and then they just sat down (laughs) and and then come to discover that you know the patient's nose doesn't actually light up in real life the disappointment i'm sure that they felt they're like oh man i'm so good at this i'm gonna become a real surgeon Oh man! Oh beans. <laughs> um, um. What What about you? What was your introduction to board games? I think my introduction to board games was a combination of game shows from, I would say, the late seventies to early eighties, and a mixture of. Saturday morning cartoons um, because it was inundated with board game commercials uh, because I think at that time there were only like two real big companies that made uh, board games, Parker Brothers and Milton Bradley. Uh, But I think game shows had a lot to do with it. And as a child, I was, very much into game shows and to a certain extent i kind of still am there were days that i would play sick uh when i was in school and i'm like okay i'm going to be sick and watch nothing but prices right and game shows all day uh and if i'm sick nowadays i'll be like hmm let's see if there's any youtube clips of some old game shows because for some reason it's oddly comforting yeah but it was some of the game shows and you know they have giant dice and 
giant wheels and everything. And you kind of take those things and then you see board games that have kind of those similar things. It's like, oh, I can play with dice and then I can, you know, spin a wheel. And, you know, I put two and two together. It's like, okay, well, maybe this is kind of like a small, I guess, game show for lack of a better word. I mean, it mm-hmm. had paper money. It had people that you could play against and there was a winner. Uh, so I, after, you know, coming to that realization, and although I don't think, I was cognizant of that realization when I was younger. I just, I'm just now putting the pieces together 30 something years later, but I really like the board games with dice. I'm, I'm a dice goblin in real life. So I like collecting dice and my wife will attest to the humongous amount of dice that I brought in when we got married. I mean, like hundreds of dice. And she had her own dice collection of her own, but that's neither here nor there. But so would you say that it's like the games that have sort of like the chance aspect that you prefer? I think I liked the chance aspect when I was younger. Nowadays, I don't particularly care for. I don't mind games that have chance in it, but there has to be a mechanism in the board game to mitigate luck. You know yeah. what I mean? There's, there's got to be something that kind of equalizes it. And I think what I was getting at with one of my earlier points that I didn't get around to getting to was that one of my least favorite mechanisms in a board game is what's known as take that, which I think maybe the reason why you don't like sorry, because the mechanism is that if someone bumps into your piece, they're like, ha ha, you get to go back to the space and start all over again. Blah, blah, blah. It's yeah. that it's take that. And that mechanism is annoying, but it's used in so many old board games like trouble and, um, there's a, yeah, there's there's a bunch of old games that use that. That I, I I just really really despise that mechanism, and I'm wondering if that's one of the things that really turned you off from games like Sorry. I can see that um, because it's kind of like one of those things where it's like I wouldn't call myself a particularly like competitive person, but I feel like. I can be more competitive in games that don't have that because then it's like if you do get competitive and you are doing well and then like you get sent back to a certain square or something like that it feels like you jinxed yourself and then if you're not doing well at all and that still happens to you you just feel even worse yeah so it's like any progress you've made it's like oh no we're taking that from you yeah that's kind of like you know you pick a card and it says uh you know lose skip a turn it's like well that was fun i didn't even get a you know i i didn't it's just i draw a card Ooh, bad luck sorry for you pal uh yeah and yeah i i can see that but i want to we've discussed 
such as it such as it is with our history and uh some of the board games that well we haven't really gotten into a lot of the board games i know we've talked about some of the mass market games that were out around the time when we were younger what was the game that you had that your brothers would not play and and i have i I have an image of my mind as to what i'm hoping you'll say (laughs) but i'm curious as to what it is um well there were two um (laughs) when i got my very own clue i think that the cellophane was taking off of that and it was played a grand total of twice the entire time and then um at one point we had monopoly and that one just i think destroys families <laughs> a certain way I, I, and um i figured you were going brain, to say monopoly yeah and like i feel like and monopoly has never been one of like my all-time favorite games anyway because um I feel like it can have the tendency to drag on without like a saving point for lack of a better word. So like if you're in a game that ends up being very long, it's not really like you can pause here unless you just want to leave things like completely strewn across your table. Um, And like, so that's never been one of my favorites, but I do really like the themed Monopoly games. I think they're so much more fun than the original Monopoly like um at one point i had the spider-man monopoly and um i know i have supernatural monopoly too and to me those are so much more fun when they incorporate like a theme into it and make it a little bit more interesting so i want to kill people a little less <laughs> playing it so a couple things so one mono- I, there there's a reason why people want to throw fireballs at each other street fighter style when they're playing monopoly uh and the i think the biggest reason is that people don't play it right uh, because a lot of people don't realize that when you land on a property and you can't afford it it goes up for auction mm-hmm. so that greatly speeds up the game and you don't put money into where free parking is that's not a rule yeah, everyone. See, I'm pretty sure it's never been played like that with me, so that would make sense. <laughs> yeah, because it actually destroys the economy of the game. There was like mathematicians that have done studies on this, and that's not a rule in the game. <laughs> it's it's just a empty spot. <laughs> it's like I don't know if you've ever seen it, but like you know, I I feel like anybody can enjoy Uno, and Uno has like an official Twitter account. And they'll occasionally just tweet out like a rule that no one knew. And people are just like, no, I've been playing it this way my entire life. I don't care what you say. That is not a rule. <laughs> there's there's someone outside the Uno factory with a, a, a you know, a flame and a pitchfork. <laughs> like uh, the draw four. Um, I used to work um, in a group home and I feel like all kids love Uno. And we would stack draw fours. And apparently you're not supposed to do that. And apparently you're also not supposed to, um, like everybody I've I've ever known has played it where if like, let's say the color is green and you don't have any green cards, you literally keep drawing until you pull a green card. 
apparently you don't do that you literally just draw a card and I was like what (laughs) I just remember all the games where I've like been so close to winning and then I ran out of a color and like a bunch of people laid down like a draw four and then somebody said a new color and then suddenly like I have to draw like 27 cards when I was winning and apparently I never had to do that not (laughs) the the fact that uno itself has a twitter account is very amusing to me I think everything has a twitter account nowadays (laughs) yeah uh I want to get into some more modern board gaming uh so I want to start with you I know that you have a game that you that I guess is kind of an analog to Clue that you really like. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, go ahead and uh, share with our audience what that game is. Um, there's a game called Mysterium, and um, it's like a game that because like I think as I got older, I kind of like felt like I grew out of like board games a little bit, um, just because like when most people think of board games, they do just think of Monopoly. Um, And um, Mysterium was actually like one of the first games I had played um, in a very long time when it came to board games. And like you get a group of people together and one person is a ghost and you've been murdered and everyone else is like a detective and they're trying to solve your murder. And so you, as the ghost, you're supposed to be dropping hints to them that help them solve your murder. So, like, it does kind of get cluish and the whole, like, who killed who and, like, where did they kill them type thing. But the ghost can't talk. So it's not like you can actually tell anybody or give anybody, like, any hints or anything. But there's, like, a stack of cards and you kind of help point them in the right direction using these cards that have artwork on them but you have to completely like wing it because none of them are gonna be clues that are actually gonna like directly point them in the right direction they're gonna have to use their imagination as to like what the card means and it's almost like interpreting art like for instance there might be a card like if you got killed in the kitchen, there might be a card and there might be the tiniest little detail in that card that might have like an apple in the background or something. And you only have like a select amount of cards to choose from. So you kind of have to make it work. And you're looking at all these cards and you're like, none of these have anything to do with the kitchen. I guess I'm going to have to choose this one because it has an apple in it and hope for the best. (laughs) And, um, I think that it's really fun, especially because, like, when it was the first time we played it, we did allow the ghost to talk minimally, just, like, (laughs) to realize how bad we were at it, and um, the, like, yeah, we weren't making the right connections, so we were allowing the ghost to talk a little bit, but um, I think it's really fun, because it kind of shows you how people interpret things differently because like one person might be like okay from what I've got from these predictions is that the person got killed here and killed by this person and blah 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 and the next person when they go to say who they think did the killing and yada yada 
they might have a completely different interpretation of the like clue cards that have been put down. So I think it's really interesting how it has like almost like an interpretation of our aspect and to see what people's like different opinions are on that. Yeah, I've heard really good things about Mysterium and there's a game that kind of sort of has similar mechanics that I think you might like that's kind of in that vein. So I don't know if you've ever uh, heard of a game called Dixit. I haven't. I think if you like Mysterium, that's going to be kind of, it's not really a mysterious mysterious, uh, game where you're trying to figure out who killed you, but it's more of just you have a partner and you have cards and you're trying to give clues to interpret the image on the card is like, you'll have a list, you'll have like five or six different cards and they all have like these surreal paintings and drawings on them. And then you give a clue, but it can't be a clue that is related to any of the pictures that are on there. And people have to guess what the interpretation is of this, I guess, dream. So I think Mm -hmm. that's kind of a little bit in that vein, but if anything, I would at least check out the artwork on the cards and see if that's something up your alley. Yeah, it, it actually does definitely sound um, really similar, um, especially because like I think maybe some like the clue cards are called dream cards in Mysterium. It's been a while since um, I've played it, but I just think it's cool to see how people interpret things differently. And um, <laughs> if I play with uh, one of my brothers, for instance, how we can literally get in an argument about like he would be like what jumps were you making to make (laughs) this card somehow and I don't remember what the context was but like it was a fork in one of the pictures and so he's thinking kitchen immediately which makes sense I'll give him that that makes sense and definitely made more sense in my interpretation but I was trying to piece something together and I was like you know in the little mermaid when she starts combing her hair with the fork and he was like no why would i know that off the top of my head (laughs) same planet different worlds (laughs) now with mysterium i'm not very good at those types of games but i mean i'd be willing to try it um i just know what games i'm i would do real well at and games like mysterium i'm usually not very good i think i don't know if it's a social deduction game but I think it's more of just trying to get people to guess something without giving obvious clues, I guess, the way from yeah. the way you've described it. And yeah. some and as someone of the male gender, sometimes uh, things that are obvious I miss. <laughs> well, I mean, I think you could still have fun with it, because like I said, um, a fork should probably obviously equal the kitchen, but to me, it's somehow in my head. I was thinking of the Little Mermaid. <laughs> I think it's something that you could still have fun with. Yeah, I want to uh, kind of go into. I was going to do like a top five or something, and of course, this was like spur of the moment thing. And I don't really have a top five or a ten or a one hundred because. Lord knows I don't really have that kind of time. Uh, But I do want to go over 
just some of the games that I do like. So I want to go over just some of the games that I like. Uh, this is not a comprehensive list, but I want to start with Wingspan, which is a board game about being a bird watcher. And in the game, you basically, uh, it's, a, it's a worker placement game, which means that you have various pieces. And when you place a piece on the board, it performs a certain action. And mm-hmm. you can attract birds to certain types of uh, land masses. So like wetlands, uh, water, stuff like that. And depending on the types of birds that you attract, they give you special abilities and all the birds on the cards are hand-drawn and they're, you know, accurate. They've got their scientific definition and, you know, their wingspan, ha ha ha, because that's the name of the game. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, just various information about the bird birds. And I'm not huge into birds, except the really, small round fluffy super cute birds which are affectionately known as burbs (laughs) uh those are the ones i like but i really dig this game it's uh interesting there's a lot of good choices in it uh not sure i i don't know if that's the type of game you are is that something that would interest you or um, I'm actually a believer and like I'll try just about anything once um, because a lot of times things surprise me and what I actually like. Um, I didn't like when the rules to Mysterium were explained to me, I was like, oh, I'm not going to like this game. And it ended up being really fun. So <laughs> that's definitely one that I'd be willing to try just because uh, stranger things have happened. And um, sometimes I end up really liking things that I did not think I was going to enjoy cool uh that's one of my favorite games and then another one another worker placement game uh because i'm into DD, but one of my favorite worker placement games is a game based off the dungeons and dragons universe called lords of Waterdeep. Uh, and i think you would like that game you play so quick history for those who may not be familiar with Dungeons and Dragons. So Dungeons and Dragons takes place in a world called Faerun. And Faerun has a lot of places that have become, I guess, famous for lack of a better word. So there's places like uh, Icewind Dale, uh, Neverwinter, uh, and there's a big town called uh, Waterdeep. And Waterdeep, you know, there's a harbor and everything like that. But it's, as the old adage from Star Wars, it's it's full of scum and villainy. And you mm-hmm. play one of the one of the lords of Waterdeep, and you basically get henchmen to do whatever deeds you want to do. So you'll hire like wizards, and you know. Uh, various uh like priests and other things to do your dirty work and as you 
hire these people to do your dirty work, you gain points and the most amount of points wins. Uh, we upgraded our copy of Lords of Waterdeep to have metal coins. And if you're serious into board gaming and you have a game that you really love and it uses paper money or cardboard money, spend the money to get metal coins. It'll make all the difference in the world. Uh, but that's I can see that. Yeah, and if you're like a tactile person, that, I mean, get metal coins. And the last game I want to go into, because I don't want to go into too many games, because otherwise this podcast will be, you know, five five hours long. Uh, but I want to go into uh, one of my favorite games, and that is going to be Scythe. Uh, it takes place in, I guess, an alternate reality Poland. Uh, but the way it works is it's a, it's not a worker placement game. It's more like a resource management game. But basically you have, you, you play a faction and you have workers in that faction as a, and as they land on various uh, pieces of land, it generates certain things. So it'll generate uh, different types of resources and you can use those resources to make like mechs and you basically conquer the land that's around you and earn money and the most amount of money at the end wins. Uh, I played a, I, I played a session of size at a convention with, I believe it was six or seven other people with like expansions and everything. And the game took like three, four hours, but oh man, was it a lot of fun. Uh, and as a note to anyone who's planning on running a board game convention, make sure that the hotel that you're having the convention at invests in comfortable chairs. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> or get something for your butt uh, because you'll be on it a lot. And if you like having feeling in it after an hour, <laughs> just saying, in, this may be coming from personal experience. <laughs> I can see that, especially as someone who doesn't sit still anyway. Um, oh. I'm going to be in a chair for a prolonged period of time. Like it has to be comfortable because I'm just going to fidget like the entire time. Do you have any other games that you've played that you're like, yeah, I, I, I could get into this? Um, you brought up D and D, which made me realize we should probably have like an entire episode about that one day. Um. But people that are familiar with D&D um, are often uh, associated with Critical Role. Mm -hmm. And they actually came out with a game called Okotoa. And oh. it's a super, super simple game. And sometimes I like that because I have a hard time remembering the rules of games. But um, it literally comes with these little, like, I think it's four different colors, maybe more, but um, they look like little tiny people and there's like multiple colors of them. And then the only other part of the board game are these little like octagonal pieces 
and then a little like okotoa he's on like a sea monster and at the beginning of the game you put down all these like octagonal tiles in any fashion that you please and it's like we would just went around the room and had somebody place one down they just have to be touching each other and that's how you create the board and then you randomly put okotoa where he's supposed to be after putting the little people down and the point is, is you're not supposed to get killed by Okotoa. And so um, you're trying to move your characters away from him um, while he's trying to eat people. And it's like a super simple game. And um, every time he leaves a tile, that tile disappears. So like the little people can't move back around. Like eventually you will run out of space and he will trap people. And um, like the point of the game is to have like your color or the color of your team be the last one standing but it's super super simple and it's actually a lot of fun because you have to figure out what your next move is going to be and kind of who you're willing to sacrifice at the same time because um i think we played it officially how it's supposed to be played so the colors that you have are like the in-between colors of the person sitting next to you. So like you and the person on your right, your joint color might be like, I don't know, red. And then the person that you um, you have on the left, like you guys might have blue together. And so if you have red and blue, the best position you can be in is that the last two characters be a red and blue piece. Um <laughs> So you kind of you kind of work together as a team, but you're also kind of working by yourself. So you kind of have to figure out who you're going to screw over as you're running out of more tiles to play on. Okay. Um, and I also really like Catan. Um, that was one that had literally been suggested to me for years and I would read up on it and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a game that I would, think is fun and then one of my friends finally got it and like for years I was like let's play Catan let's play and never ended up working out and then one day we sat down we played it and I was like this is actually a lot more fun than I thought it would be I'm like I don't know how I was the person that my friends were like yeah that's a game that you'll totally love like I don't know how that clicked for them excuse me but um like I actually really enjoyed it and you're basically just a settler and you're trying to build a settlement and you need things like sheep and you need things like brick and you have to like sometimes haggle and be like listen I'll give you a sheep and a brick for this one item that I have absolutely nothing of but um that one's a really fun one and I feel like it's kind of a classic too because yeah, like, I, I don't know when it came out, but I think the game's been around for like ever. Yeah, Catan's been around for a very long time. We actually, I actually own the uh, Star Trek Catan. Uh, and the all the pieces are like little enterprises. And all yeah. the materials are like trilithium and dilithium. And the robber is actually a Klingon bird of prey. Oh, God, See, that, I'll have that to look sounds... into that because I had no idea that they had like themed Catan games. Oh, you oh well if you if you want a good copy of Catan, they actually just released 
a 3D printed version of Catan. It's like $200 and it's mm-hmm. huge. I don't know if you've seen it. I have. Um, I don't remember why we ended up Googling something when we were playing it. And I was like, oh my God, look at how cool this is. And then I saw the price and I was like, oh. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, it is, it is not a cheap game. but I mean, it's pretty. Uh, but I I think I'll stick with the, the Star Trek Catan. I think there was... I remember there's a Star Trek Catan and I think there was a another version of Catan. They didn't, there are not too many versions of Catan, but if um, you like Star I, Trek... I had to Google it. <laughs> oh, you, you, I'm you, one of those people. I had to Google it. Um, there's something that's supposed to be basically... It's not Catan, but a, it is Catan type thing. There is a, a Harry Potter one, and there is a Game of Thrones Catan. Well, that yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah, um, I, what, I'm assuming it's a Catan where you can kill other people. I, I, how does that work? <laughs> You're just going to kill all the characters all. In the end, no one wins to make it authentic. <laughs> you, you, you get disappointed around the eighth round. <laughs> um... It looks kind of cool. I'm curious as to like what the resources would be for this. Obviously, the terrain, a lot of the terrain here is very snowy. Um, but yeah, it was on the pulled it up on Target's website. But and the pieces look cool and stuff like that. But I'm trying to zoom in and see what the resources are. But I think the resources are the same. I don't think they really elaborated on it. It looks like they're the same. Yeah, if you get a chance, uh, go to YouTube and uh, there's a uh, if you're if you're looking for board game reviews, uh, the Dice Tower is the best channel for stuff of that nature. And there's I know there's a review of the uh, Catan of the uh, Game of Thrones Catan. So if you get a chance, take a look at it and see if that's something that would interest you. Yeah, I'll have to check that out because I know that um. The uh, there's like a, a ton of expansions, like an insane amount of expansions. Oh, yeah, for it. Um, like this made me think about how you're talking about the um, like with the, the there's a seafarers mm-hmm. expansion, and, and there's a, um, yeah, there's also one that takes place pirates. in space, <laughs> separate from the Star Trek one, or just the Star Trek? One? No, it's a separate one. It's called uh, Starfarers of Catan. That's cool. It's actually um, a really like it's a really fun game, and it wouldn't seem like it would be, but that's one that I feel like could get really competitive too. There, there um, is. There's like a yearly tournament for Catan. I, I, to be a fly on the wall, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see how hardcore people would get into that game. Um, <laughs> the way some people like get so super into it, like I've seen how into it people get with just like Cards Against Humanity and stuff like that. And um, I don't know if you've ever seen the video of the two men arguing about the Wizard of Oz. But I've seen arguments like that break out over just like the simplest like card games. Yeah, <laughs> so I've, I can only imagine how far people get into it with Tom. All, all you need to do is type in Magic the Gathering, and you'll you'll have a treasure trove. 
<laughs> I <laughs> so can you would imagine. have stuff for weeks. Um, yeah, my brother is trying to get me to play that. I've played it with him don't, once years don't ago. Don't do it. It's a trap, <laughs> Ashley. Don't do it. Everybody I know that plays it has definitely said in the least it's a financial trap. So. It, it, it is a financial trap. I mean, the game's been around for a very good reason, but I, I'm sure you like keeping your money and magic is not a great way for you to keep money. Yeah, um, I just think the artwork's cool. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, of course, Wizards of the Coast is owned by Hasbro, which also owns, uh, I mean, uh, Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast, uh, and Wizards of the Coast owns Dungeons and Dragons, so there's a crossover with Dungeons and Dragons and Magic the Gathering, if that type of thing interests you. (laughs) So all these people just band together to take our money, essentially? (laughs) Pretty much. Hasbro pretty much is like the biggest board game publisher out there next to Asmodee probably yeah Hasbro they're the one that uh they released like the Ouija board as like a kid's board game right (laughs) I believe so because I think they bought Milton Bradley and Parker Brothers and several other companies so that's uh (laughs) that shows you a little bit of like my childhood like wanting to play board games too because um we used to have a KB Toys in our mall, which I don't even think exists anymore. I don't think KB Toys is a thing anymore. But um, I used to buy all my like Pokemon action figures from there, and they had a board game section. And um, I have a very religious family, and I remember like cutting through the board game section to look at the Pokemon action figures, and there was a Ouija board right there. And I picked it up, and I was like, "This looks cool. What is this?" And my mom was like. Put that down immediately <laughs> so so funny story i went to catholic school as well or I, I had a religious upbringing and uh i think it was maybe first or second grade there's like a board game like you could bring a toy in from school and play mm-hmm. and i remember clearly that I think I was playing some game or, or something. And there were two kids in a, in the closet where all the, uh, where all the coats and everything were hung up and they were in the dark and they were playing a Ouija in a Catholic school. The, the mother was not particularly happy with that. I can imagine. So, (laughs) Uh, and and I was also told that dice were the devil's work. Uh, so that's the first time I've heard that one. Where I was not that anything with dice, I was not allowed to have for a while. And I, I would just love to talk to like. I wish I could have been at the board meeting where they were like, "Yeah, we're going to release this cool new children's board game." Well, what is it? It's a Ouija board. But I think I there's some sort of there's like some sort of satanic connotation with dice because the highest number on a die is six. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. I mean, if someone out in the audience knows, please let me know because I'm like, where does this come from? Yeah, that would be 
interesting to learn about. Maybe, and I mean, a lot of times people associate um, dice with like gambling and stuff like that. Um, well, it, so it, maybe that was also a factor. Maybe. I mean, if they're really, if you're really upset about it, then go to roulette. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that's that's the devil's game right there. Yeah, anything luck based, I found out very quickly, is not usually for me. <laughs> well, well, Ashley, the, the 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 sum of the numbers on a roulette wheel add up to six hundred and sixty six. Hmm. I did not know that. That is true. That is a true fact. So. If you play roulette, it's just like playing with dice. There's going to be a special place for you in the fiery pits of <laughs> eternal damnation. You're playing with the devil on your shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> when you play board games, you're playing with Satan and he doesn't play fair. He, just like he, kids. <laughs> he, he cheats and does king making. <laughs> that's uh for all the board gamers out there come at me oh and 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 also board gamers i know this is a supposed to be a positive podcast but hear me out dice with rounded corners are better than just square dice so you can email me at subspace journey at gmail.com and try to prove me wrong you you, you can't that's all I got. What about say. your opinion on the weighted dice? No, are we okay? Are you talking about weighted dice as far as dice that are supposed to roll that are made so that they roll like either a seven or eleven? Or are you talking about dice that are made of like a heavy material like metal? Like a heavy material one. Those are good for people like me who somehow barely flick their wrist and then suddenly like the die is halfway across the room <laughs> i like the feel of metal dice in my hand but i don't particularly like rolling them if that makes sense yeah i i, I like how heavy they are but i almost don't like rolling them because they're just so heavy and I'm afraid that if I roll them, that at some point I might damage someone or something because they're so heavy. And which I don't know how sensible that is, but I mean, the pyramid shaped dice on for metal dice. I mean, those things, they're like, I think they're called caltrops. Those, those little things that you put on the road and I guess they were used in medieval times. Mm -hmm. They're like that. They're, they could be used as serious weapons. And so I don't like rolling them, but I mean, if they're just normal every day, uh, I think they're made out of epoxy or some sort of plastic of some kind. Uh, those I'm okay with rolling because, you know, those are my I'm a sucker for pretty ones anyway. Like I'm pretty sure that uh my Amazon wish list currently has like a set of like pink dye with like <laughs> rose gold lettering on them or something. And I'm like, do I need these? No, but are they pretty? Absolutely. Yeah, we can do it. We can do a D and D podcast 
uh, or D and D episode because uh, have have you played it or do you have yes. a character? I am. Right. I'm a bard. Yeah. Okay. Let Let's save that for a future episode. I I think we might have another episode coming up here very soon. Yeah. Uh, do we have anything to add for our board game episode? Because we've we've now gone completely off the rails. And I don't know if we want to talk about eating food while playing board games. Cause that's usually a no, no. Cause the cards are valuable. And if you get peanut butter on any of these cards, I'm throwing you out of the house. Yeah. And I'm definitely like that. Like even with people like actual video games when people are like, man, I've been through like X amount of controllers. And I'm like, how filthy have your fingers been while yeah, you've been you, touching such like you know controllers cost money right it's like there's just like a layer of grime over them so like i mean the only time that like my friends and i have like played a board game and um there's been food involved like i literally like wipe my hands off every five seconds because a i don't like the way it feels and B, I'm like, no, nobody wants to touch like a crusty card or set of dice. Like nobody wants that. It's like, oh, that's that's a nice brown controller. Well, the controller was white. Oh. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I've but yeah, I think I think that uh I've covered as far as like I, I, I remember the game of life being frustrating as a kid. I remember that much. <laughs> well, but, well um, the game of life was frustrating, and then you actually have to play the actual life, and that can be frustrating too. Yeah, it's like, you know what? I don't know. Like, they weren't setting me up. Like, this was pretty authentic. Yeah, they, they were like, oh, I just need to roll a die, and suddenly I don't have any student debt, and I have a diploma. <laughs> and now <laughs> I have four nice. kids and a house, and I'm like, okay it's like typing in a cheat code on the sims must be nice oh yeah i can tell i can tell you that uh my bank does not (laughs) does not accept uh monopoly money if i when i'm ready to pay the mortgage or coins from another game (laughs) yeah what about you did you have any other ones that you wanted to discuss uh not at this time. I'm sure we can revisit this at some other point because uh, otherwise it'd be a list of like, here's all my favorite games. But I think just covering like three or four, I think is a good uh, starting point. And uh, hey, audience, uh, if you're listening out there, if there's any uh, board games that uh, you like, uh, please let us know and uh, we'd be more than happy to hear from you. So anything else, Ashley? Um, I think we're good on my end. All right. And I'm good on my end. So thank you so much for listening to Subspace Journey. Uh, as always, I want to thank Colleen Bement from nerdalertnews.net uh, for helping out with the podcast. Thank you very much, Colleen. I also want to fa- thank uh, Dave Kohlberg for uh, creating the uh, wonderful music for our opening and closing. Uh, you can email us at subspace journey at gmail.com that's subspace journey at gmail.com i also want to thank anchor fm for hosting the podcast and we will see you well we won't see you but uh hopefully you'll listen to us in two weeks uh for another installment of subspace journey until then i'm chris 
And I'm Ashley. And thank you so much for listening.